But here, why Tangida time to talk some more cricket with the great one. I said to you before, when you think about assembling a commentary team, you go Smith, Coney, Bracewell, and this part of the world doesn't get too much better. Morning, Smithy. Happy Waitangi Day. And to you too, Stephen, and thank you for the compliment. Uh, nice. I've just arrived at the ground, actually. It's a bit more overcast today at the Mount, but still a good day for bowling. Got to say, I loved, you. I loved your work in Australia this summer, mate. I absolutely loved it. I had lots of chuckles, and uh, it must be just so much fun working with that crew. It is. It's a very uh, professional uh, outfit, to be fair. They, they pump a lot of money into it, but the, the end product is very good, and they... They, they kind of uh, expand their wings, I suppose, a wee bit in terms of the commentary team. So they, they, they sort of look around the world to pick up commentators like, you know, the Shastris, the Laras, uh, the Wazi Macrams and co. So it's not just a, an Australian-based team. It's pretty much an all-rounders one. But, they, they you know, they, they're really, very, very good at what they do. They put, a lot, as I said, a lot of money into a lot of resource and uh, the end, end product's pretty damn good. And it's a lot of fun to work on. It really is. It must be a real pleasure to have been in the test arena and then to continue on calling the test arena. And uh, yesterday, 240 from Rutsch and Ravinda on his maiden test century, fourth player to go from 100 and 200 in his, in his maiden. And you go back to your test uh, maiden test century, uh, 173 against India. Did it bring back memories of how Rutsch and Ravinda might have felt? Oh, look, it, for me, it was like I'd been around a long time, um, you know, so I'd been sitting waiting. But for Ravindra... Um, you know, you, if you've scored a test hundred, I suppose even when you're in the commentary box and you're my age, you can still sort of cast your mind a, a, a wee bit back to just how special it felt, particularly your first one. Uh, but for him to come to the ground yesterday, and, and I think he was 118 not out, and double his score, more than double his score, just shows you what this, uh, this young kid is made of. He could quite easily have thrown it away yesterday. He could have quite easily said, well, i got a hundred, that's good enough for me. But, you know, to, to bank it up, double it up, uh, and a walk off the ground to mass a magnificent ovation. Uh, the people in this country love him. Uh, they really do. The kids want to be him. Uh, he's the perfect story for New Zealand cricket. He's everything that's good about the future. Uh, and he's such a nice kid with it. I mean, uh, it long may he stay this way, the freshness of, of yeah. Rach and Ravindra is, is electrifying um, the, the cricket grounds. Uh, hopefully the kids in the schoolyards are wanting to be Rach and Ravindra's. You know, if we can get 100 kids around this country wanting to be him and 10 of them turn out to be very good cricketers, it'll be great. Going forward, I, I look at Rutsch and Ravindra <clears throat> a bit like I look at Kane Williamson. Sort of your, as you term in other sports, your franchise player. Is he the sort of guy that you could build a test team around? I think so. Uh, you know, because I, I think in time he'll be a very good leader too. I, I just look at his makeup. I look at, um, you know, I've had a few conversations with him and he's very calm, taking everything in his stride sort of a bloke. That might well change. But at this point, uh, I'd, I'd ear mark him to say in the future, uh, he's, he's a leadership material. So you can uh, build a team around like him. And what he has illustrated to those players playing first-class cricket and, and working away at their games, that you just need an opportunity. You just need a door open. And if you walk on through to the extent that he has... Um, you can have your time in the sun as well. And he'll make a lot of money out of this game. I mean, he's going to be a full-time professional cricketer from here on in. Um, you know, he, he went very cheaply, I thought, at the IPO auction. Uh, a, lot, yeah. a number of people said he could go for a million bucks or, or even more. Um, and I think what happened was he just, after the World Cup, there was that gap and New Zealand refused to play him in Bangladesh in the test matches. 
people just lost um, they yeah. lost their memories a wee bit about what Rachel and Ravindra had done. And I, I felt a wee bit sorry for them in that regard. But he proved to the selectors yesterday they should have played him in Bangladesh and in, in subcontinent conditions. He was one of the best players in the world at the time. Uh, and then they let, they, they cooled his heels and he has turned around and said to them, look, you got it wrong. And I think we all knew that anyway. How important was the influence yesterday in that double ton of Kane Williamson? Yeah, I, I think you when you bet with a guy like Kane Williamson, when he's now that he's going to be stationed at number four, he's going to do this on a regular basis. Um, you just learn, you bet with him and you listen to him. Um, you even perhaps at some stage might give him a little bit of advice as well. Um, you know, I think it's fair to say that of the two players, right throughout that partnership, I think Ravindra was probably hitting the ball better. But Williamson showed exactly what he is all about too, and that's not give it away. Worked very, very hard. 30 test hundreds testifies to just how damn good he is. I mean, he, he's one of the very best the game's ever seen, and, and, he'll, and he'll make more as well. So, hey, look, it, it's great. You, you bat with a senior pro at the other end, you learn, um, and you walk away with, from that very, very enriched. So uh, he just got so much out of that innings, Rutch and Ravindra, and so did we. I look at the batting order, I feel pretty comfortable going forward, you know, from the next one, two, three years going forward. But I look at the bowling attack and, and I sort of raise a few question marks. Are you in that mindset of going, where is the next the next one, the next big strike bowler? Yep, I'm with you 100%. I hope it's Jameson. I hope, you know, that he can, his problem is constant fitness, um, being able to be available and, and play just about every test match. That's going to be an issue for him, as we've clearly seen. He's a wee bit fragile. I want to see him bowl faster. He got to about 133, 134 yesterday. We need him to be 140 with that bounce against Australia. So let's hope he's just bowling a wee bit within himself. But I look around the country. I've seen a lot of names mentioned. I've seen a lot of players who have been on tours, but not on a regular basis. They seem to go in and they seem to come out again. Uh, Look, we've got to learn to live without Trent Bolt um, and test match level. I think we can close the door on that one. Tim Southey, uh, you know, he's been around so long, but you wonder how much longer. Uh, and then, you know, you, you look at Matt Henry, who probably has been our best bowler in the last 12, 15 months. Um, and, and you say, how much longer can Matt Henry go? So I'm with you. Um, you know, I, I think the next couple of years are covered pretty nicely. Uh, we tour Australia in about three years' time. I don't know what our bowling attack will look like, but then again, I don't know what theirs will look like either. When you look at the South African side, it doesn't make good reading after you know a short innings uh, for the to finish off day two, eighty for four, four thirty one behind. Uh, are you sensing a four day test? I'm sensing um, oh, four days, depending on how New Zealand want to play this. Yeah. Now, if they were able to bowl South Africa out this morning, in other words, get another six wickets by lunch or not long after, their legs should be pretty fresh. And our lead will be so extensive that Tim Salvio has, has two very viable options. One, of course, is to, um, to bat again, which is the modern trend these days, Stephen, is to, to bat again and yes. give your bowlers a bit of a breather and cement uh, 400, 500 lead and then say to the opposition, good luck getting that <laughs> on the last day and a quarter. Or the other option is to enforce the follow-on, which they used to do when I played 150 years ago. So uh, <laughs> that is the other one when you've got so many runs, so many runs in the bank. The speed at which New Zealand bowls South Africa out will determine that. As I say, if, if it takes them two hours to get these six wickets, if it takes them three hours to get these six wickets, New Zealand may well bowl again. If that is the case, it could be over tonight. Uh, if that is the case, it certainly will be over tomorrow. 
How cool was it being in the box when uh, the West Indies ran through Australia and Lara was there with you? It was the most uh, surreal feeling. I, I've come to know Brian pretty well um, through commentary. Uh, and, you know, he's a fairly realistic sort of a bloke. I mean, he's living the West Indies trough, if you like, and, and, and Test <laughs> cricket in particular. He's, he's lived with it for a long, long time. Um, and he wasn't supposed to do that last commentary stint, but uh, we had a chat in the commentary box and and uh, we said to the producers and they agreed, we've got to have Brian Lara just in case the West Indies pull us off. So they put him in the chair down the end and put Gilly in the middle and uh, we had a crack at it. And, you know, uh, when it got to within, what, eight or nine runs, I thought I looked at Brian and he looked back and he thought, it's not going to be, is it? It's not going to be. And all of a sudden, this kid raced in and knocked over Josh Hazelwood. Um, I went off like a... a an idiot, and I'm absolutely Never. stone cold neutral. But I loved it. I loved the West Indies winning, as I must say, to pretty much our whole commentary box, Australians included, yes. because they know how valuable it is to the game, and it really didn't hurt Australia. I mean, you know, they're still the best side in the world. Everyone knows that. But it was interesting. So I looked down, uh, and the tears had started to well in Brian's oh. eyes already, and he had an embrace with um, Gilly, who was next to him. And I, for some reason, I just said, Brian, over to you. And away he went. And as he was speaking, more and more tears come down his cheek. Oh, wow. uh, I understand out the back, Carl Hooper was going through the same thing, Andy and Bishop. So you, you get an idea when you see powerful figures in the game uh, brought to tears, basically, by a performance like that. Sometimes do you think you, you live in the dream? You know, you go back to the, 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 uh, the test the World Test Series and your call there, which has been played over and over again, and the way you delivered that, and then you get a, to get a moment like that to to have played and then to to commentate on the game you've loved so much. Does, does that does that just make you realise how how lucky we are to be in the situation we are? Well, even you know, just take away you know the job, just the, the sense of being at the ground without the pressure of playing. That, that's a wonderful thing. But to be able to sit up in the commentary boxes around the world, Stephen, and to be able to look down upon the, the grounds and the players. It is, uh, you know, every now and then you've got to give yourself an uppercut and just say, how lucky are you? So I spoke I spoke to Michael Vaughan about this the other day, and, and, you know, Michael's been through his problems in England, and he relished the opportunity to come out and, and commentate for Fox which in Australia, which he does on a regular basis. And we had a beer the other night and just before I left, and he said, you know, the thing about this, Smithy, is uh, this isn't a job, this is a joy, and we've got to keep remembering that. You know, sure, we get paid for it, but we're so damn lucky to, to be able to and, and get the treatment we get and to, to get the view that we get and to talk about it. Sometimes we upset people, sometimes we don't. Uh, sometimes people will disagree, and that is the beauty of commentary. At some stage, um, you, you can't get 100 people, 100% of the people on your time because uh, we find that in our job, as you well know, people don't like us anyway um, yeah. before we even open our mouths. <laughs> <That's the thing>. um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no favours done, mate. We know that. We know that. And yeah, well, absolutely. You, you use the word joy, mate. I've got to say it as a joy listening to you and uh, Braces and also Jeremy. And just ask Jeremy this question. Um, there, I've just had a text in on the Timber Bedpost text line. Uh, they said, and I said, I said, Jeremy Coney's got one of those styles where he could read you bedtime stories. Stories, and Correct. and someone said, "Can you ask Jeremy what he read to Jared Durrell as my family and the other animals as a bedtime story?" <laughs> just, <laughs> I just, I'd love to know what his uh, his uh, call is. Anyway, mate, hey, thanks for sharing sharing some good times. It has been a joy listening to you over the summer and continuing to do so here on SNZ. Uh, have a lovely day at the bay, mate. 
We shall do, Stephen, and thank you very much for making an effort to call me. I appreciate talking to you. Thanks, mate. Appreciate Happy Waitangi Day, too. Happy yeah. Waitangi yeah. Day to all. Happy Waitangi Day, mate. Thanks. 9.41, that's uh, Smithy. He's with uh, Coney and Bracewell. Smith, Coney, Bracewell. How good does it sound? Every time you think of it, you go, we are very, very fortunate on SNZ to have those major names. No one else, no one else has those names, and uh, you have them right here on SNZ. So lap it up.